America, my name is I'm Yosef Frempong. I talk to you every Thursday afternoon. I'm going to start doing more interviews because the people want to see me talk to other people. And so I usually do a show on Thursday afternoons. And today I'm going to have a special guest. A guest coming in, I suspect, momentarily. And I want, we're going to talk a little bit about ADOS and what ADOS means and what, what I, while she is finding her way here, I want to say the one virtue of the movement she has birthed, pretty much. You know, I was there when she did it. Um, uh, her and, and Antonio Moore is that it actually focuses on lineage. And focusing on lineage is very important because it's not about melanin. Being black in the United States is not about melanin. And being white in the United States is not about being a lack of, as about having a lack of melanin. What it's about is having access to resources and opportunities that were indexed to melanin. Um, but pretty much what that means is since none of us, none of us, nobody who's watching this and nobody at home who's going to watch this is emancipated from the social situation of their grandparents, pretty much in this data that supports this, you end up socially where your grandparents were. What does that mean that you end up socially where your grandparents was? You have to understand that up until I want, okay, so Kath Nelson's book says the forties, but up until the 50s, I want to say 75% of the black workforce in the South were sharecroppers and domestic workers, right? So that's not too long ago. That means that's that's the status we're looking at um, going back in 60% nationwide. There's some industrialists, and like, but for the most part, if without a big intervention, you end up being your grandparents. And you have to look at where our grandparents were, not just materially. Look at our grandparents were socially uh, with respect to other powers in America. And that's where we end up, unless we launch an intervention. And one thing I appreciate about a vet's work is a vet's down to say, like, we need an intervention. We need an intervention. And um, that intervention is going to look like reparations, and that reparations will make American Black people whole. Because in the absence of that, we are will end up in the same degraded position. And, you know, as I get older, I just see things repeat and repeat and repeat and get reproduced um, in a way that's just not great for the future of black communities and the future of America. Right. So because, you know, I'm a good American. I want to see American. I want to see the nation do well by all the people it needs to do well by. Right. So. There's going to be a few different strategic issues we're going to talk. We're going to talk about, and where Yvette and I disagree most, I think it's probably going to be the most interesting. I think you don't get a better America without going after the whites. And then Yvette thinks that you can organize in a way that I'm not sure is possible. You can organize black people, and I think in a, in a kind of vacuum. But the problem is when you try to organize black people, you don't have to go too far before you find someone who's scared to be out loud because they are terrified of losing their white check, right? They're, they're terrified of losing their white job, right? So I don't think you can organize black people without, in an re, unreconstituted America, without actually going after the whites. And, but Yvette, over the last few years, has done a great job, a fantastic job organizing black people, um, like autonomously. I just think that there's a hard line to it, and I just, I don't know. Because look, when reparations come, and it should, if America is going to be made whole, when reparations come, what it's going to look like, it's going to completely 
destroy what white people think of as their family, what white people think of as their church, because their identity as white in the South is ruling or having access to black people. So I, um, over black people. So I don't, I don't know if you can have a black movement that's, that's not um, going directly at the whites because I think the whites are the problem. And it's going to be a, it's going to be an issue of, they're going to have to rethink of what they think of the entitlements with respect to property, their family, with respect to their church, all of that's going to be transformed in a way that um, we got it. That's the fight. Like, I'm not saying that black people are going to end up rolling up to Columbia, South Carolina and Birmingham and, and Atlanta in tanks like Putin's doing the Kiev. But when, re when reparations comes and black people are being made whole, a lot of whites are going to fight back. So we need to be prepared to roll up into Kiev. Um, we need to be prepared to roll up into, uh, you know, Columbia and Birmingham with the tanks, if that's what it means. Because when we take the land that's ours and that we're owed, they're going to fight back. So we need to prepare ourselves for that fight back. And we need to prepare them for the fight back. And I just, that's, uh, that's just kind of what's on my mind right now. And... Everybody, this is Yvette Carnell. Hey, how you doing, Army? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I ain't people. rolling up the key. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you're not, you're not <laughs> hey, look, I saw today they are offering jobs $1,000 to $3,000 a day to do uh, search and extraction in Ukraine. Searching for what? <laughs> white people they want to take out oh no, oh, no, no. <laughs> i remember you know i remember when they were doing that for what iraq and you know a lot of the people that did that like got left like they were like <laughs> well i'm going to go make i'm going to make six figures in iraq and it's just not going to be hard they got left there they were like i can't get home <laughs> it's well catch a flight oh no more flights oh well <laughs> america does not care <laughs> so <laughs> good luck yeah. to you though Good luck for that for that one thousand dollar a day. You can go and one thousand to three thousand dollars a day. You can go and do search and extraction in a war zone. I don't think people understand what that means. <laughs> I don't understand what war. Yeah. See, I mean, you you better than me. I you 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 want to you you ready for the action or whatever? I'm. Mm -mm. If this for me. If this doesn't come through a political process, we're in a lot of trouble. Like we in a lot, and I'm not saying that you don't protect yourself. Self-defense is self-defense. But if this, if 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 the if the white people's goes too white, <laughs> like <laughs> we in a we we're in a lot of we in quite a kerfuffle. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, you have to understand, like so there's no I don't think that there is a reparations plan that keeps white people in the level of comfort to which they've become accustomed. I agree. Like right? this whole thing about you can you can maintain your status. I, I I don't think you can because your status is unwarranted and unmerited. So exactly. what has happened is that you've gotten something that you don't deserve. Um, and we've gotten less than we deserve. And so reparations kinds of rights that wrong, but in any true meritocracy, whiteness is over with, right? It's it's not a thing of value anymore. It doesn't have any value. And if it doesn't have any value, some of y'all just fall like bricks <laughs> because, or you just fall be below your station. 
Well, we were holding you up the whole time. Yeah, we were just like, now we ain't down here no more. We get to kind of come up here. And so, yeah. And I do believe there's going to be a lot of angst and a lot of violence. But we saw violence during Obama. I mean, so I I, I do believe it's once we get our, our, our reparations, it's time to hunker down. I'm not marching because they'd be in the woods tracking animals and stuff. That doesn't mean I'm scared if it happens, but I'm not. Right. Eh, no, like I do believe that they're going to do what they've always done. And violence has always been kind of from lynchings to, 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 to murders, to executions. That's kind of been how they communicate, you know, in terms of this system that we're in. And so I do see that, but I just, I just think, I just think they want us to come outside. <laughs> I think they want us to like, be like, yay. I'm gonna be like, oh. So, I mean, the story about the end of reconstruction is that the Northern whites kind of lost their taste for violence, so they abandoned the South to the Klan, pretty much. They abandoned us. And so a real reparations would be another reconstruction, mm-hmm. and that reconstruction is going to incite a backlash. So people who think that whatever we do, we have to make sure that we don't incite a backlash, I just don't think they're serious about the struggle. No, they're not. Because, because listen, a lot of white people already think we got reparations. <laughs> They think Obama gave us Obama phones and a bunch of money. And we see that reaction. The one thing that I say all the time is that we 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 didn't get anything for this black president. We got negative, but we suffered the consequences. So I do think there is going to be a backlash. And I do think there's always a backlash. One of the other things I would say though, if you know, because I don't consider it a if as much as a win, the North can't abandon us. Like that has to be part of the paperwork. Like you don't get to just be like, here's your money, Negroes. Well, we threw, you know, you did that the last reconstruction. This reconstruction has to be different. And the only way we we can manage that is if we start to learn from our mistakes in terms of our political stakes, Obama, all of that. We have to learn from our political mistakes and say, listen, we're not gonna let these folks get off. Hey, if you all don't want to support us, you'll never get another Democratic president in this lifetime. You just might as well just look at pictures. You'll never get another one. But we tend to not have that kind of accountability. So I don't even think it necessarily needs to get that far. If we we have never experimented with political accountability. Oh, okay. Yeah, we gave up, right? So we gave up we gave up experimenting with political accountability as soon as we decided that we're all Democrats now. No, no matter, matter what. what. No matter, <laughs> no matter, no matter what, what. I mean, Obama, I went back through some of his first speeches in 2008, 2009. He pretty much told white people that like we're not getting reparations and if you get resentful about it about these uppity negroes asking for reparations you're right for it and we just need to kind of just i don't know not hate each other as much obama's one of our most racist presidents i mean he he gave he he neutralized our politics in a way that i don't think a white president ever could have. And he is one of our biggest mistakes. I was I was debating before before um, I logged on here whether or not Obama is in the top five worst presidents. Like for us, not just for America, but for us specifically. Like we got Andrew Johnson, right? After Reconstruction, he said, I want some liquor, so screw the, screw the Negroes. After, at, then we have, you know, we, we, got, we got to throw, we got to throw Clinton in there, 1994 crime. We got to throw Reagan in there, right? all those crime bills that came with him. I was just thinking like he might be in the top five in terms of, in terms of really trashing our politics. 
and this just the racism of of of, of don't want to Michelle Obama too don't want to be a rap star and like all this he's in he's in he might be he does a debate like people debate top five I wish people debated like they debated top five rappers would debate top five worst presidents for black people he spent <laughs> a lot of time blaming poor people and black people. He spent a lot of time and convincing other people, other black people and other white people to do the same. Like he spent a lot of time low key convincing or blaming, blaming black people. And so like I always say, if you, if you can't get the right um, legislation passed, if you can't get policy passed for your people, the best thing you can do is clarify the fight. Mm. The mm, best that's like, that's, 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 you can clarify the fight. So Obama succeeded in not only not getting the policies we need for the people, but I think people came out in 2016 more confused than they were in 2008 about like think, what we need. I think it's worse than it. I think they came out believing that like this stuff is mostly solved. Like this stuff we've been fighting for, this whole freedom struggle, civil rights. We got a black president who isn't even in favor of the stuff I thought I was in favor of. I thought I was in favor of the stuff. The first black president said no. So wait a minute. Maybe he's right. And maybe because he got there, he's right about the fact that we may not have arrived, but we're very close to it. And I just think he confused our politics in a way and bastardized our politics in a way that we're having a very hard time recovering from. Yeah, so there are a few levels. Every time you see a black person on television, it's got to be some sort of variety of black people aren't poor. And that's confusing because even if you're black and you're not poor, you're not that far removed from it. There are people oh, who's... Yeah, who's, who's in, a, in a millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like... Each one of us, I'm talking about the 260 people who are watching this and you and me have people we can't take phone calls from because they're going to hit up us for money that we don't have. Why so, see you on YouTube? What that mean? <laughs> you sold you some hoodies? What that mean? <laughs> what you know with the markup? Not much. <laughs> I mean, but you said something a long time ago. Yeah. And I've repeated it. You said something a long time ago. You said you know, something about how a check engine light can really ruin uh, a black person, Adolf's person's life. Like, like that is a thing that can just really just like a check engine light. And I thought about that. You know, I was I was out like a month ago and I have a 2006 car because I'm, I'm as expensive as cars. Those, I'm holding tight and I put it in drive to leave. I was out to dinner. I felt special. I had an appetizer and a dinner. OK, so I put the car. I'm rich. I put the car in drive and it don't move. <laughs> I don't know what I was about to do. Then I, then I said, then I put it in park. I cut it off and I prayed over it. Please, I need this car to start. I don't want to have to buy a whole new car. It's a, I please. And I put it, cracked it up, put it in drive again, and it took off. I'll praise to the most high. Listen, you're exactly right. Like, we don't understand that most people, they don't live like this. What they have to like, no, I check engine light. We get it checked out. There's a problem. We get it fixed. Da, 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 da. They don't live like this. This is not the American way of life. Yeah. And just that kind of precarity makes us vulnerable to political capture. It makes us vulnerable. It just doesn't make us free. That's just not free. That's not consistent with freedom. If you know at any point in time, a check engine light could ruin your month, 
Like that's just not consistent with any sort of meaningful freedom because you can't take any sort of you can't take any sort of hits. Right. So I want to ask you a question. Sure. You know, people say that, like, okay, so you can't really talk about reparations because we're so far away from it. What you need to talk about is healthcare because we're so, so close to healthcare. And I want to, and I tell these people, look, we're not any closer to healthcare than we were in 1992. We're not any closer to universal healthcare than we were in 1992. Are we closer to reparations? Maybe. But don't tell me that I have to be quiet about one just because you think that maybe we're closer <laughs> to the other because we're not. We're not. It's all like we've been talking about universal health care nonstop for eight years. We're not any closer to it. So let's start talking about reparations now and kind of work the body is what I think. Do you think we're closer to health care than we are to reparations? I haven't seen any evidence of it. No. And the thing is, the, the thing is, healthcare has more powerful people working for it. Right. It doesn't have just our little ragtag. You know, we started from nothing. Adolf's movement, you got whole Democratic politicians saying, yes, health care is a right and everybody should have it. All of it did it don't go, but it did it don't move, though, don't it? It did, but it don't don't go nowhere, do it. They talk all this stuff and like, well, we did the best we could. It don't move. So how can you convince me of something that a, a large swath of white people of color people seem to be approving of? And they're not moving. That political thing is not moving, but this thing is is just a dead and it's clear and it's cut. How can you convince me that like one is moving? This this is this is doable. This is not doable, based on what metric? Exactly. Like I need to see the metric. I don't see the metric to say what people say it say it say it means. I just have not seen it. I just think that maybe that's just what Democratic Socialists of America think. <laughs> I'm not trying to you know, yeah, yeah. but I just don't see any evidence of what y'all said. In my mind, I even have, I I've I've had um conservatives reach out to me and be like, just give me a number. I want a number. 11 trillion. Yeah, they don't get I, more than that for me. You know, 20 is <laughs> down payment. Uh-uh. You got to get the monies. But like, listen, they in order to, for, for a conservative to say that, they're not asking like, well, how much is your health care cost? Just give me a number. They're saying, well, how reparations I understand it was slave that thing. Okay, that's a lot. Oh, but, but, what's the number you bet? Ain't nobody saying that about health care. They're saying, like, buy your own, like Obamacare, whatever, whatever, figure it out. Nobody, nobody is giving you an ear. <laughs> I just don't see what. So, yeah, I don't see what you're talking about. I don't see how one is so much bigger or better than the other one. I just haven't. I, I agree. I agree. And I don't think one's closer because when these things happen, sometimes they happen quick. You do all the prep work. And then, boom, the right person gets in. And then, because the problem, they want to keep us quiet, right? Like, the, the people don't know. This is what the CRT debate's about and all that. They want to keep Black people quiet, talking the truth about how broke we are, why we are broke, and how it's all complicit in this uni these United States, right? So if the arguments get out and get out in a penetrating way, this thing could happen quick. That's the way it always happens with stuff like this. It always, it, you know, you. I, I remember reading something about revolutions and about why don't people leave before bad things happen? If you know those things are going to happen, shouldn't you have known um, that they were going to start doing awful things, genocide and stuff like that? And they said, mm, sometimes this stuff happens quick. Most times it happens pretty quick. And I just think people don't understand that. Yeah, it happens quick. Just like that. And that's the thing that's to me is happening more with reparations than anything else. I have heard since we started down this path, I mean, you were here when we started down this path of the racial wealth gap and the wealth gap and what's the solution, right? You and I were talking about that every week. 
what happened is all of a sudden that caught. Now you can't control what catches, but when it catches, it catches. And I would argue that we're closer to reparations than Medicare for all and all of the stuff people say that is a much better gamble than us. This is much more mainstream. No, it's not. Ain't nobody trying to child. It's not mainstream to pay for your health care. And I'm not saying I don't, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm talking about the, the what I feel in terms of America. You got a lot of racist people who are like, yeah, well, we do owe the nigger or something. It's just, we don't owe none of the rest of y'all. Heck, we talked about before Ann Coulter will admit that, yeah, we owe the Negroes, nobody else. And she ain't a friend of, 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 of the liberals or nobody. If you can get conservatives to say, yeah, we owe y'all. All we need is we really need more liberals, right? But we're further ahead than y'all are. I'm <laughs> just saying what it is. That is true. We You'll find conservatives who say, well, yeah, I guess, I guess we owe them something. And that's, yeah. and that's already... Nobody says, I guess we owe everybody health care. Nobody who doesn't want to give everyone health care. They're not saying no. So there is a way in which the claim is more justified or easier to make. Um, yep. And I, I do really think it just takes the right person on the right microphone to make it. And that person wasn't Obama because he was making the other claim. Uh, so and, and, and this could get. And what I also think it takes is the Democrats, either the progressives or the liberals, Figuring out that you ain't getting nothing south of Maintenance and Dixie until you figure out a way to make black people whole and convince black people that you're serious about making them whole. And what does that go back to? Political accountability. Yeah. And that's why people talk about I won't get it popping in the streets. I don't believe you. I, <laughs> most of, I don't believe most people who say that. Because the thing is, if I have to go break out an AK-47 or something like that, and outside of my house in self-defense, we're, we, we're already in quite a pickle. What I'm saying is that, like, you have to test political accountability. And we haven't. We have too many people who vote blue no matter who, and we have too many people that don't, don't do anything at all. And so what I say is, even if you're not going to, even if you're not going to vote for the top of the ticket, or you got a congressperson that you don't want to vote for, you got Clyburn, I'm not voting for him, I get it. You still have to be engaged, right? Because you still have to be able to make arguments. And I just haven't seen, for my part, I haven't seen ADOS people being like, I'm going to hold these people accountable. There's a whole political world that we have never dealt with in any kind of seriousness, right? We have been totally unserious for the most part, like 90% of us, about what it means and how to hold politicians accountable. So like if you don't hold politicians accountable and you just show up when it's time to like vote and you vote blue no matter who and you don't know who's on the ballot and whatever, I'm just going to vote for the Democrat. Well, then you end up where we are now. I think we have to get serious about political accountability before we go anywhere. And that's why we said, hey, down ballot, don't vote for Trump. Don't vote for, for Jim Crow Joe. Let them all eat cake. And everybody's like, oh, well, you bet we just got to get Trump out of there. You got to get Trump out of there. Okay, you got him out of there. And you got a whole bunch of more cops. You got a whole bunch of more money to the police. What does that look to you? You got a whole bunch of money about uh, a bunch of talk in the State of the Union about Ukraine. Nothing is in there for you. He came out here and did a speech in Georgia and that was it. Like, as long as you just go along with whatever happens, that's going to be it. I would like to see us hold politicians accountable at the ballot box. I just would. And not just hold politics accountable at the ballot box, but just hold them back, hold them accountable in all aspects of culture. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, like, I don't like this veneration of John Lewis. I don't, I think John Lewis took ownership of the civil rights movement, sold it to the Clintons, and then Clinton at his funeral said, thank you for selling us a civil rights movement. <laughs> said, thank you. We, I, I, Stokely was driving a harder bargain, but you came and sold it to us cheap. 
All you wanted was some commemorative plates. And so, like, there you go. And so, I also ran away. I have a problem with Stokely, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Right, all right. You got to stay here because that pressure of being here will will drive you to dust if you, you know. So, (laughs) the pressure of being in America and and advocating for Negroes in America, ooh, you got to stay with it. (laughs) You got to stay right here. Right here. (laughs) Because I've gotten death threats. I assume you do. Like, oh yeah, child, child. Yeah, I don't work yeah. with you, child. Where you gonna yeah. be at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. I was trying to explain. I was explaining this to Crystal actually, because uh, you know, Crystal got some heat for having me on. Crystal Ball. Every now and then I go on Breaking Point. It's a you know oh. lefty uh, show. She got some heat for having me on, and I think she got a threat, and she was like kind of freaking out. And I was like, man, I get death threats every week. Freaking out over a death threat. You got to be kidding me. Freaking out over a death threat. Oh, my gosh. We get death threats all the time. I would have quit this, like, the third week if, like, one death threat was like, ooh, I don't know. I I remember when I criticized um, uh, Minister Lewis Farrakhan. It was just a critique. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing nothing to him. It was just a criticism. I got more death threats than that minute I've gotten all my life. Everybody's going to box me out somewhere. If I see you, I'm going to, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, 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 death threats are just a part of it, and you know, it's kind of, it's kind of honestly, it's kind of like if it comes, it comes. But if I see you first, <laughs> yeah, I will get it. you. But it's kind of just like this. That's just a part of the process. That's just what we do here, and it's awful, and it's it's problematic, and I report all of them. <laughs> Y'all go to jail, but like it's, it is what it is. It's it's a part of it. It's a part of it. If you're doing, if you can't do this kind of work without you know, threats, because you're doing it in public and showing other people to do it in public. But if more people do it, the more people who do it, not, they can't get I us on. No, you can't threaten everybody. <laughs> they can't, yeah, they, they can't get us on. They're not going to get, um, they're not going to, you know, my wife made me get life insurance after after the first few <laughs> um, But, but like, you need they, it. They, you need life. Everybody needs it, but you need it. <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, so I, so I got my life insurance. But mostly my policy is telling everyone, I'll, I'm talking to the 380 people who are watching right now. If someone gets me, I'm very healthy. Black man in my 40s, very healthy. If someone gets me, I do not die by my own hand. And I do not forgive anyone. So burn it down. Let, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. I'm not telling anybody to burn them. That's irony. But let me say this. I, I had a physical yesterday. I haven't gotten the results back. But every time I get a physical, I'm good. I run all the time. I'm happy. I watch movies. I pop popcorn. So there is, there is oh, Yvette took a bunch of people. No, she didn't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> she's a happy person. She's just, she's jolly like Santa. You know, but so, yeah, I'm with that. Don't believe any of that stuff. People make nope. up all kind of stuff. Well, she, she was depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. And, and you know, life life is fine. I'm happy advocating for my people. So anybody who tells you anything different is a liar and a thief and maybe a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this lack of political accountability with the Democrats, it comes it's it, it comes at every level. I still have people giving me excuses for Obama's like, well, he couldn't do anything with the Senate who who hated him. Well, they didn't put a muzzle on him. Like, did they? It, That's what they say they did. They didn't put a muzzle on. <laughs> they like, I didn't see, like, he could still speak. Like, he could still say, like, we owe black people. And especially after he won the second time, I mean, like, there's nobody keeping him from talking. It's not like he was getting a Supreme Court justice across. So... <laughs> Bull Mary Garland. He's a justice. He's, <laughs> so, he's at the, at the justice DOJ now, but that's so... 
sorry. <laughs> you yeah, can even so, get that's that's I think if you want to say one thing that just shows Obama's it's like he was not prepared for any kind of fight. It was the fact that you lost a Supreme Court justice. That is insane. But he was like, what did he say? He was like, well, I tried. And I guess that's his whole life. That should be on his gravestone. Well, and, and now he's rich, right? He got his Netflix deal and his quarter million dollar speeches. So, Wasn't that always in game, no, for Obama? We got to like, so when that's the end game, it's going to screw up everything prior to it. Mm, yeah. It's always going to be in the back of your head. I don't want to work. I don't want to screw up the after work. So that is a form of corruption that we need to look in. Yeah. Uh, because I I do think that was definitely the end game for Michelle. That held up. Yeah, <laughs> that she, dream she, of she knew, she, Michelle knew perfectly well she wasn't marrying a black man, you know, with a white mama that she was marrying a white man, you know, with a black dad. It's like she knew very well who she was marrying, and she was like, well, you know, <laughs> she knew she was complicit. She was yeah, and the end game was always like Obama ending up white people rich. Like that, like that was the end game. So rich, you don't have to deal with Negroes. You don't have to, you don't want to be around. And that, and that is unfortunate for us because I think it confused, like he got paid to confuse black America and got confused, we got paid to confuse America about what it means to be black. Mm. So, well, yeah. But there are and, other what, people and what, and what, and what happens in terms of blackness? I mean, I still think the idea, like we didn't, it's hard to put it this way. We don't deserve a, we don't deserve a president. Like not America me. hasn't, and not just in terms of what we deserve. America hasn't done the work to put somebody who come from slavery in the in the White House. We don't deserve somebody who looks like us to kind of mimic us and do some Al Green. Oh, I, I show in love. Shut up! This is this is this is our stuff. We don't we don't like America hasn't done the work for for you to put an ADOS, and that's why the two people that we have there, Kamala and Obama do not trace their lineage back to slavery because America knows it has not done enough with us. So America said, listen, we got some people to look like y'all and y'all stupid enough to just go along and act like they are y'all. So that's what we're going to be. And we're going we gonna to use that to say that, 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 hey, we've had a black president. We've had a black vice president. Uh, these people who come from slavery are okay. And it's just a lie. And it's, and, and it's a lie again that we have been complicit in instead of saying like, really, Kamala, listen, you are the you you are the descendants or you are the child of, not just of affluent immigrants. That's not the same as somebody who comes from slavery. And people are like, well, you saying she's not black. I don't care about blackness. That's stupid anyway. I am lighter than most Indian Americans and Pakistanis. What you talking about the color for? This is about a specific lineage. And how are you all going to tell me that this woman or this man has anything in common with me? Obama went to Puna House high school and he was elite and and and, and all this stuff how are you going to tell me that he got a lot in common with me and i think i thought that we had learned our lesson i really did i thought oh but we learned but kamala taught me something different it's like the negroes and it wasn't the bottom for the most part it was the bottom fifth of america i think it was all the other negroes now this right stratospheres oh well, she went to howard if had just like you went to howard what are they talking about yeah. So who there's a there's a big industry, and I want to say it might be one of the biggest industry in high profile black America of confusing black people about what it means to be black. And that's an industry that actually makes our job harder. 
First of all, I want to say two things. One, how come the NAACP has an image awards? Nobody else has image awards. The biggest thing, like, like we, like, why are we, like, image, it's cheap. Anybody can take a picture. I don't want image. I want, like, actual resources. I want land. <laughs> like, well, that's what it is. It's work avoidance. We got we got a whole industry of work avoidance Negroes in this country, Negroes who focus on everything except the political work. Why well, they did real good in that movie? I just gonna give it to them. You know, there's a whole industry of people in that country in this country and in this so-called Black America. Well, that's all they do. All they do is just like their diversion. You know, I love I love zombie movies, and one of the reasons I love zombie movies is it's so easy to distract the zombies. The zombies are people in my mind, so you just. Throw something over there, clack, clack, and the zombies, ooh. <laughs> you just, yeah, hey, the zombies, ooh. That's that's kind of what it is. So let me just show you a shiny picture of somebody who did real good in a movie, and we appreciate them, but we don't need your image awards for us to appreciate them. Maybe even that was the case 30, 40 years ago where we were having, you know how we got caught up in the first this, first that. But we kind of do a pretty good job on social media, media of appreciating, you know, people who represent us well. We don't right. need the NAACP to put on this whole expensive thing to do it's that. It's their biggest thing. That shouldn't yeah. be their biggest thing. Image should not be their biggest thing. And, well, and that's what we, Robert Gannon yeah. is a hell of a drug, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. Image shouldn't be the biggest thing. Like securing real power and resources to black people should be their biggest thing. But in the, in the picture of that isn't the same thing as actually like, the bank account, right? Isn't the same thing as the land holdings. Yeah. Right. So one problem I have in the project of organizing black people is that you don't have to go too far before you find black people who are jeopardizing, who are scared to jeopardize their relationships with white capital. You ain't gotta walk with two steps. <laughs> and there they are. <laughs> I believe in you, but because like you know, I gotta keep my job and I don't wanna. So I mean. I, th so that's why I, I feel comfortable saying that you got to go after the whites because you can't really, we're not, this is the thing, we're not actually independent. We like to think that we're independent, but if we were independent, you know, Umar's school wouldn't have gone over. It would actually be a school. The Jews have a school, right? So like, like they have a college, the whole thing. So we're not actually independent from white capital. No, and, I don't even know why we think that. Like, if we had our capital, like if we had gotten 40 acres, had our own industries, you could say we still have to intertwine with white capital. But you could say, listen, we're doing really well. We have we have we do we have business with other countries or whatever. We're doing okay. We're still under the influence of laws and regulations that whatever, but we you can't say that now. So this idea that we never even got real access to the banks so that the <laughs> banks could actually, you know, be the banks are drivers of wealth. We never really got access to them. So this idea that, yeah, we're free and we can do what we want. We can just get it out the mud or whatever, whatever these little dumb uh, uh, rapper Negroes say. Like, what part of you doesn't understand how the world works? What part of you doesn't understand this kind of sophisticated oppression? Which part of you just doesn't get it? That's the only thing I ask because we have a lot. Go look at the TV. I don't even, I don't even, you know. Thank God the TV, the, my cable went out in the outlet that leads in my room. But like, so I can't see it at night. What I'm saying is that that's a blessing because the Negroes who are on TV are just the worst. 
like these, you, you want to talk about maintaining some kind of relationship to whiteness and people of color, quote unquote, y'all do it too. Y'all are always assimilating into whiteness. Everybody's just like, well, we just got to, you know, we can't go too far. Well, we can't go too far. We can't have freedom. If you, if you say I can't go too far, you just can say I'm, I'm okay with not being free. That's just what it is. I didn't say that. That's just life. Nobody wants to go far and you got to go far to be free. And I don't know what you want for your kid. I guess you think your kid going to escape or whatever the case may be, but it just doesn't work that way. You just have work. to do the work. I don't hey, know. Look, a lot of people, a lot of people in the American side, a lot of black people across the United States were born and lived in public housing their whole life. If that's the case now, after this pandemic, your kid's never going to have that down payment. Nope. Not like, if you were born in public housing, your kid, like, or maybe one of them will, but they all, like, they all won't. Because now housing's so expensive, you need generational wealth to get a down payment. You're in Decatur, you were in Decatur, right? So... Hey, 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 the Atlanta area. I'm wherever. I'm in Georgia. Don't send people to come see me. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking. They might, I have guns. So I'm just saying, just don't send people to come see me. Go on. The house you grew up in, what would it take for you to be able to buy it just as a young black woman? Like, could, is that? It would take much more than I have today. Like, the thing is, that home now is valued that, that, that I grew up in. Is valued at around four hundred thousand now, um, and I can't afford that. So, right. and your parents could, and they were just regular working people, yeah, right? They were, yeah. That's what. That's where I grew up. For the, I'm just playing with Army, but that is where I grew up, and everybody knows that I grew up. I'm just playing with Army, messing with him. But I grew up in Decatur. That's where I went to school. So, like, that's where my parents had a home, right? And so, I couldn't like that's a four hundred thousand, and that's a lowball estimate of that home. Like I've seen estimates of that home to go up to six. So I'm lowballing it at 400, right? And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what people, what people understand when they talk about um when they say, like, well, you can do it like they do it. Like, you gotta understand, my parents were able to get that home as ADOS factory workers. Just put that there. ADOS factory workers, they were able to get that home. There's no way, like, I can't afford that home now as a person who graduated from, 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 from college. Like, cause that's really a 600 K home now gentrification. Right. I just don't understand what people are thinking when they say, no, nah, we can get it. Whatever. Listen, Obama made your kids Uber drivers. I didn't do it. Obama made your kids Lyft drivers and gig workers. I didn't do it. They're never gonna have the opportunity to be me or to be army. They're never they, they're never gonna get that. They're never so, gonna get that's the thing. We need to be honest. Your kids are not gonna get there. We're talking about a hundred thousand. If you want 20%, not have to pay all this PMI. We're talking about a hundred thousand dollar down payment. Your kids will never get there outside of reparations. And my parents didn't have to because my mom was a nurse and that was enough at that time. But your kids will just never get there. Somebody said DoorDashers. Yeah, DoorDashers. Yeah, doing DoorDashers, doing Instacart, doing working $15. No, like none of that. Your kids will never get there. So we're talking about watching, and I don't want to watch this for the next 20 years, because I and I don't want you people to, who are watching this right now to think that you're surprised or get surprised when we just watch our already degraded status 
even get more so because things got worse in COVID. Everybody, some people got a boost. The top 30% started stacking and stacking and buying. And and now they can live everywhere. And and the people who are on the bottom just got, you know, two years off of school and just got further behind. So and I don't like, know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know to what degree school comes back. Because these people, these people always take advantage of the moment, right? And the moment is, well, no school. Well, I think they might start letting y'all, making y'all have to homeschool. Well, both of y'all, both of y'all parents work. Okay, figure it out. <laughs> and that pretty much <laughs> means we don't care if your kid learns anything. Well, he's that, that pretty much means he's going to be an Uber driver anyway. Okay, so if okay. he's going to drive DoorDash anyway to Liverpool, he ain't got to know all this high-end history stuff. Just get him out of here. That's what it means. And I don't think we have really kind of gone to the place of protecting that right in terms of saying that this is a this is we're old in education that's who we are i don't think i don't think that that um has happened and so just you know we have to my whole thing is we have to complain collectively instead of individually okay one of the things that we do is we always want to complain individually. Oh, Yvette, can you help me it's a lawsuit well yeah, but real politics happened collectively, not individually. And when I came to you and said, let's do collective politics, you said, no, nah, I'm going to get it out of the mud. But when I come to, but then you want to come to me individually. I just don't want anybody to come to me individually. Right. You have to do collective politics. Yeah, and but for that, we need to admit, what keeps Black people from admitting that we're broke? I think it's a psychological malfunction. I think it's an undiagnosed. No, I think it's an undiagnosed illness. To where, first of all, I think it's an undiagnosed illness. If we there's a there's an imaginary world that some of us live in, where hey, I'm not broke. I live in the future, right? I live in where I imagine myself to be. I project myself. I project my wealth here, in terms of what I what I see in my mind. The other thing is, I don't think we understand what true wealth is. So I think if we feel like if I have $1,000 or $2,000 in my account or even five, like, oh, I'm doing okay. Not understanding that we have we have white people who are nervous about retiring because they only have $2 million, right? That's, if you, if you don't understand that, if you don't understand that like what real wealth is in America, because true wealth in America is not the same thing as a bunch of other countries. If you don't understand that, then you don't understand your peers because whether or not you have wealth is determined by your peers. That's why I got so annoyed when Boyce Watkins was like, well, we got to appear out to white people because that's everybody. So if everybody around you has this kind of money and this kind of wealth and you don't have any, you are screwed. I don't think we really, 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 really can wrap our minds around that. And even when you talk to people, like I talk to people all the time and when I really kind of break down to like, you don't have any wealth. It's almost like sometimes their brain misfires. Like, but, but, I, but, 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 no, there is no but, dear. This is America and everything costs. America will charge you for everything. You don't have it. And so what does that mean? That means your kids don't have it. We should have it. We should have it, but we don't. So what does that mean? What is the implication? And nobody wants to seriously, very few people, except for the people mostly involved in this movement, want to seriously deal with that kind of implication and what that means. It just makes people misfire. Yeah, I mean, I want an entire community that can stably live 
without feeling like they have to kiss white butt. I want an entire community, not like one person who happens to have a black boss. I want like an entire community that can stably live even among white people without feeling like, well, I gotta, I gotta keep them happy. Cause you know, that's, that they're my, they're my insurance policy or anything like that. Cause I don't have a real insurance policy. Like, so in order for that to happen and anything short of that's not freedom. If you're scared of ticking off white people about their whiteness, that's, you're not free. So people living, they seem to be doing well. They're kind of doing well, but they kind of, you know, these black men who make themselves small because they don't want to seem threatening or the um, black women who can only get jobs by trashing black men. Like that's, that's, that's their full-time job. That's the only reason they, they, they're sticking around. And as soon as they stop trashing black men, like they get moved out. Well, you're not a good fit anymore. <laughs> yeah. So like and we don't even talk not, about I, I'm not gonna say much about it, but we don't even talk about how the only black men who get to be in positions of power, it seems like, or positions of influence in media and other places are gay black men. You don't see like a fully uh heterosexual black man who is who is you know who is confident in his own right and advocating for his people um to be in, in any kind of space of influence. It just typically doesn't happen. And that's why we end up, you know, people talk about it. That's why we end up with 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 Kate Hart and the others. I mean, it just is what it is. Well, you got Van Jones, but he does weep every now and then, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he does. Van Jones, I thought he, he got a bunch of money more than from somebody. Who did he get a bunch of money from? I thought he got a bunch of money from, um, and he ran off. He didn't run off? He still <laughs> yeah, ran off? Yeah, he, he got a bunch of money. He got a okay. bunch of money. He got a bunch of money from Bezos, and somebody gave him like $100 million. So I guess he doesn't did have to cry? cry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like he was he was a, he was a black dude on TV but yet who was straight but yet every month or so you'd find him in tears about something so maybe uh maybe maybe there's something to that um <laughs> he's a marshmallow he was paid to be a marshmallow the, the someone in chat said Van Jones is being is a marshmallow so uh, this idea that what do black people need to be secure enough that they to be who they are in public as much as anybody else Mm. And anything short of reparations isn't going to get that because you can try a market driven solution as it stands, but the market needs you to make white people comfortable as a function of its being like we can get around this, but we're one be we're like, I mean, you have a group and, and I have a group, but like, for, but like, we're not an entire country, right? We're two people on YouTube um, yeah. in a way that's like. I want and like a serious organization that needs not not like the NOI because the NOI tries to pretend that they can do it without having to deal with white people and that's not honest either. I need an organization that says yes we need to deal with white people but we don't we don't need to deal with them on their terms. We'll, we'll deal with them on the terms that and, we and, decide and, are just. And that's what the ADOS Advocacy Foundation is built to be, right? Right. Like you can give me money all day. Um but that money doesn't sway me in any particular direction. Actually, the money that you give me supports the direction that I have decided I'm going to be on. So if you don't understand that, you got confused. It's not for you to sway me and get me in some kind of NAACP mode and be like, oh, my God, if we don't do right, we're going to get no money no more. No, it's, say, it's, it's for you to say, listen, I support this movement. I support what they're doing. And I think we got it confused. Like if you take money, it's not supposed to it's not supposed to create a, a puppeteer puppet relationship whoever gives you the money is supposed to be already in support of what you're doing. And that's not what we have anymore. We just have, we just have the NAACP 
uh, National Action Network, which really isn't a network it's a bunch of P.O. boxes, right? And he has a conference every year. For what? Hold on. They, like, they have a building. What? Tell me the NAACP has a building in Washington. I know. You seen it? I, I haven't seen <laughs> it, but I want to believe everybody's got a building. I want to... I hope they got a building in Washington because they if they don't have a building in front of Washington, they're not any bigger than what we are. <laughs> I, I, I know that's the thing. That, like Al Sharpton is not bigger than us. Like if, like if you go to see, go look at one of. If you don't believe it, go look at one of Al Sharpton's tweets, and it's just the tweet went nowhere. That's because there's really no support there. The support is from you know white people, mainstream media institutions to convince white people that he does have support. They Stand him up so that other white people watching say, oh, he is a leader of black people. No, he ain't been there for a long time. Do a poll of Negroes and see how many people say, yes, Al Sharpton is our leader. I want that poll. You know, I, you know, I tell people, if we really had it, Umar would have had his school. If we really had it, because it's not the worst idea. But if we really had the money, he would have his school. But then instead, he's got a scandal. I'm talking about Umar Johnson, the guy who's supposed to create the Black Hogsworth. And yeah, Child. so my thing is, why Umar even got an online school? Like some stuff goes to competency. No, he would have, if we had the money, he would have had a brick and mortar school. But during COVID, why couldn't you put together an online school? Because that's not nearly the cost with a curriculum, maybe for homeschool, maybe for people who are homeschooling, right? Because they had to homeschool, put together a curriculum for them and charge them a, a nominal amount a month for your homeschool curriculum every day. Like, if you can't do that, then do leave me alone. But you're right in terms of the financials, but like a Negro who didn't put that together and is playing around on a playground saying, leave me a donation, it's just not to be taken seriously. But you're absolutely right. Brick and mortar wise, I remember one time he said he took 400,000, somebody said 700,000. That's not enough money for a school. Well, you enough. people don't understand multi-million dollars. That's not enough money for a school. I said a long time ago, he's never gonna have no physical school because there is no physical. There is not enough money to come to him for a physical school. It's not y'all get that man enough money for 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 I don't know for what a salary for a few years, but not enough money for a school. Yeah, yeah, because you know you know schools and we don't own real businesses, so we don't know. Institutions take real money. You have a school, you have multiple teachers. Each one of those multiple teachers has health care in addition to their salary. Like you need multi-millions in your budget. So Umar's four hundred thousand was never was never real money. So all of these little schools and little institutions that you see, they have bigger budgets or bigger endowments or bigger gifts, one-time gifts that now are off the books. Than you have, like, than, than we have together. By the way, thank you for the people who are giving in super chat. If you like anything that we're doing right now, I'm going to be doing more interviews. I'm talking to some Congress congressional candidates next week. Oh, Go over you. to www.funkyacademic.com, uh, kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month, and help me keep this going. And also, uh, they can find you at breakingbrown.com, right? So. Well, no, just just go to my YouTube. Just go to youtube.yacarnell or go to go to Instagram slash yacarnell and just line up if y'all don't know. It's Put a vet's name in 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 YouTube. She, and it'll show up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the one that looks like her. It's the one that looks like her. So we are confused because we don't own. Like, do black people even own commercial real estate? Be honest. Who? 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 Commercial no. real estate? No. We, we own don't. like maybe one house that we try to Airbnb until. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be. The, I'm gonna. I'm a real real estate manager. See, I Airbnb my. <laughs> Yeah, I've been in my mom's room, basement right here, and I be so I'm in I'm into rentals. Okay, man. All right, I don't yeah. even bother them no more. Yeah, okay. so we don't really like 
we are not even in commercial real we don't have commercial so we don't understand what commercial real estate means and because to do that you need extra capital you need capital we live in a capitalist economy but we don't have any capital so and we don't even understand and someone says we own event spaces apparently i don't even think we own those event spaces i think we rent them from some white guy yeah, we don't right. own event spaces. No, we don't own them. Event spaces are actually expensive. <laughs> like real event spaces are actually, yeah, we don't know. We don't. So, I mean, this was one of the reasons why it was a big deal that um, that Maddie Johnson owned his theaters. I think, he, I want to say, I hope he owned those theaters uh, in LA. But like at no point in time did black people own the forum. <laughs> like, 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 we no, don't. I know that's the thing. Like the whole point of us is to, even with, you know, remember it only came out later that like Diddy and all those people didn't really own their own labels, right? They were just kind of like beneath, they were kind of like a shoot off of, of white people and they had to make a certain amount. And it's this, we're so desperate. You know, it's kind of like, let's remember Boyce Watkins and his Charles Wu. It's kind of like this whole thing of to create this idea of ownership. We want it so bad because we never really had it and we know we haven't had it. So if anybody comes to us with a sales pitch, um, what's the child's name with the uh, uh, Tulsa real estate, whatever, Jay Morrison, if anybody comes to us with a sales pitch and says this is black ownership, we don't go read the fine print and read like, oh, this ain't black ownership. This is still the white record. Like, what you talking about? Leave me alone. We just be like, oh, he owned whatever, whatever, whatever. He owned whatever, whatever, whatever. And we don't even look at the fine print. And so some of this in terms of our reaction, not what happened to us has to do with our due diligence or our refusal to do due diligence as it relates um, to our own circumstance and predicament. So we like to pretend that we own, <clears throat> we like to pretend that we own or that we can just buy. The problem is we don't own, so we just need to buy. No, we don't own because we don't have the money to buy, right? And it's not like real estate's gotten cheaper. Commercial real estate in places you want to be has gotten cheaper in the last few years. We don't have the resources to buy. So even like you can say, well, Tyler Perry owns and there's a way in which Tyler Perry does, but he made all of his money getting like wearing a dress. And then is he really going to, is he really going to produce the quality of, will he, will he find advertisers for the quality of dramas that will actually clarify our situation? I don't know. So, you know, Shonda Rhimes might own and, and Tyler Perry might own, but they're still not free in a way. And even Oprah, Oprah, who owned own, did she really own own? Uh oh, I lost the vet. I'm oh, back. I, I, I don't know what yeah, happened. So, so, so uh, did, did Oprah really own own? And it doesn't look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it looked like it looked like maybe they gave her an opportunity and it was just like it wasn't going to it didn't work out. And she just and the thing is, the walk away from that was, oh, the thing is, too, like you look at her. She went to 60 minutes and said she got mistreated. Like, <laughs> I mean, how does how does a person who, who owned what she said she owned that she said in 60 minutes, they were trying to teach her how to say her own name. Like, it's just like, that's what I thought I was done. It should've, you should have decided a lot more at that moment than you were done. First of all, why did you need a job? Right? Like, why does Oprah need a job? You have a, you're supposed to have a, or have had a whole network. Now you're coming back to where you were before at 60 Minutes, and then you're getting mistreated by the white people there who are telling you, said, Oprah, Oprah. 
Bruh, you have you have made millions on millions on millions for white people for this network, and that's what you say happened to you. Like there should really be some. Let me sit down and think about what my what I thought my life was worth, and what I thought I did, and what I actually did. Yeah, you at some point in time, part of what it is to have your own company is that they can't mistreat you. Yeah, this is mine. But, but, yeah, but she went to sixty minutes. Like, why would you leave home to go to sixty minutes? Like what happened? You weren't even you know, back on ABC. You got like like a, your primetime stuff. You were back on sixty minutes or something like that. And they were what, what? This don't make no sense. If I believe you're a billionaire, what you just said to me doesn't make sense because every billionaire I've ever known, when they go on TV, they get treated very well. Yeah. Unless yeah I mean, at no point in time are you going to find Trump saying that the Trump Corporation didn't treat him very well? <laughs> you know, like it's it, because it, he actually owns. His group, so I, I, yeah, I it's it's a little bit bizarre, um, the stories we tell ourselves about the power we have, or like the solutions, right? So the idea is that like, all right, so we don't own anything, we just need to get together and buy, but we but that kind of occludes or somehow covers the fact that we can't get together and buy because things cost more than we have, and that's why we need the government to step in to make us whole in order so that we can buy, or they could just like give us whole zip codes, which would be cool too. We just have to give us back what we had. Like, like you, 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 you took us off the board when there was a time where we were making real money, where we were creating. There was a time you, you took us off. Like, that's just what it is. Like, every that's when people were creating stuff that they would pass down later, and you made it to where we were, we were, we were a tool that they created that, as opposed to people who could do that, right? Mm -hmm. And every and even you know, the craziest thing is it's not just slavery. Like, even after slavery, people always say, "Well, why don't y'all move on from slavery?" We did. We moved on, even though we were mistreated, and y'all chased us around and, and, and burnt our stuff and hung us from trees. So we tried to move on. And you, everybody in America, bears the brunt of the fact of not letting us move on. Right. Like you didn't let us build anything. So you just have to give it back and everything. That's why the 20 trillion is just a down payment because it's, we haven't even gotten to have a conversation about intellectual property yet. Everything y'all stole because we could not, when you can't protect your stuff, people can just walk off with it. And that's what happens. And so we have this real kind of distorted society now and white people and other people don't want to own, but that's what it is. And we're not just talking about generational wealth, although that generational wealth is real wealth. We're also talking about generational access to contracts, right? So we don't have leg that legacy access. There are so many family businesses, family businesses and cousin businesses and that like we're just locked out of. Entire industries, we're just locked out of because even if we actually even if we actually have the skills, we're not going to be able to get that bid because that bid went to that guy's grandfather who won the bid in the time of the, at a clan meeting in the 50s, right? So like legacy contracts, legacy access, not just legacy wealth is what we're missing. Yeah, it's all social capital. It's all social capital. And we said, well, I just got to get in there. Money's green. No, 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 They're no. They're not going to let you Be in. No, people have to decide whether or not they want to let you in. What do you bring to the table? Like, if you, what, what do you bring to the table? Who's your people? Who's your family? Like, what do you bring to the table for me? Because there's a lot of people who want to be let in. This dude comes from a light bulb company. This dude, he has a mother who's always been in, uh, who's, who's over papers and journalism. This dude owns this. So what do you have? Because it's not just money. We live in an America where, 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 where uh, there's been a huge transfer of wealth from the bottom to the top, right? So it's a lot of people with money. So money is not just a way. If I got the money, I can get in. No, 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 no. The money ain't enough. 
What else do you bring? What is your additional thing that you bring? We don't even have the money and we don't have the, and even if we have the money, I mean, doing the whole Byron thing, Byron now said that like, they don't want the money no more. I got the money. They just, they don't want want to take it necessarily. What's the the lawsuit about McDonald's wouldn't advertise, hasn't advertised for him since he bought the weather channel. They don't care. Like, I'm sure he'll be fine. Byron will be fine because he got in before that door closed all the way. But what does that say for everybody else who's coming up? That was the whole issue. And that's and that's a huge deal. So if they don't want us the money, the extra thing that black people sell, in addition to the money, is I'll help you control other black people. They I'll be on all thing. of your marketing. Uh, I'll I'll sell you my image, and I'll sell you the ability to use me against other black people. And you know what? Obama took that all the way up to the presidency. I, I agree with you, Albert. Let me just say one thing. They sell one other thing. Yeah. Black people sell cool. So black people will sell your product. I don't care whether it's your shoe, your shirt, whatever. We will make it cool and we will sell it. But you're right. In terms of the political sphere, listen, I will sell you other black people. I will go out and I will tell them and I will confuse the whole conversation. I will tell them to vote blue no matter who. I will I will, I will. will say we just got to get Trump out of there. We ain't got to have no agenda. Times are too tough for that. I will say all of that in order to maintain my space within this hierarchy. I will say all of that. And you go off script two times in a row, just ask Melissa Harris Perry what happens. What is she at now? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All the Negroes got, got dumped off MSNBC. When Obama was gone, they did not need the Negro interpreters no more. So. They're like, well, I still give you the same quality of news. No, no. That ain't what you're here for. <laughs> you have curious white people and some black people in that class who feel like they could work at the White House or they in that, in that bubble. Yeah, you're not here for that. No quality of news. All right. So I don't I want to keep these under an hour. Uh so what I'm gonna do is chat. You go ahead, ask Yvette a question. We're gonna keep talking for a little bit. We're gonna hit two of your questions and then that's gonna be it. All right. So um what are what what are, what are next steps for ADOS, the foundation? What's going on? Well, we got chapters rolling out. Um Okay. Early summer, like official chapter. So which we're, we're trying to get that, we're just trying to get that that worked out, right? What cities so, are you stabling? We we're not saying yet. This oh, okay, got a okay. rollout, it's gonna be exciting. So we Ooh. I know what cities come first, but I'm not saying yet. Um, <laughs> but because we try to make it exciting. <laughs> but one of the things that we're really kind of committed to is making sure that everybody has the training that they need when they come into the when they come into this space. So one of the things that we've been working on is kind of creating that kind of training so that everybody has an understanding of who we are, what we stand for, and what our advocacy looks like. So that is the key. And, and listen, it's going it's gonna, it's, it's gonna to be something. <laughs> so a lot of people sign people up and come out loud without the training. So nobody's on the same page and they're easily spun. You, why do you take training so seriously? Because that's, you're only as strong as your training. Like if nobody knows what you like, if everybody's kind of confused, why would you stand for black people? Well, we just stand for da, 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 da. no. Tell me specifically, what is your reparations agenda? What is your black agenda? What are the specifics of that agenda? What does that look like? What does that look like in the local community versus the national? You have to work all of that out because people will people will not only get confused, they will get you in trouble. They will get in front of a camera and say something stupid. And we had it happen before there were chapters <laughs> and get you in trouble. Everything has to be consistent. Everything has to be disciplined. That's what it has to be. 
and shout out to everybody inside the foundation because we have like 40 people who work we have a mul multitude of meetings every week and it's and it's all free nobody's getting paid i'm not getting paid and we're all just there um committed for the love so shout out to the people who um are in the meetings i'll have outreach meeting today i had a policy meeting yesterday i had a media team meeting monday that's just what we do now so shout out to everybody who's working um in organizing with, for absolutely no dollars <laughs> so i got a little a little bit of heat because i can i can kind of anticipate the future in a little bit and I don't want a wave, and I'll say this so you don't have to, because this might be a little bit controversial. I don't want a wave of Ukrainian immigrants coming to the United States <laughs> and calling my grandkids the N-word. Well, and will. I see that as the future, because yeah, that might happen. I don't think I don't think people understand. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of little, 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 maybe a little baby fascism. <laughs> so what do you think? And, and, and even if that wasn't, when people come here and they realize, okay, what's the lay of the land? Oh, we got to get the in the head? Well, kick them. Kick them hard. Like, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't think, I don't, you know, it's, there's this idea that eh, this one over here, and they have a, there's a history. Come on. I, I, I got into it a little bit. You know, while we were putting all the Black Lives, people put all the Black Lives Matter stuff up, or whatever, and, and doing and doing all this little painting in the square, they put up and this is Ukraine put up a thing with a KKK thing. Y'all never had a KKK. What y'all doing over there? <laughs> Listen, no, 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 no. I'm not. No, 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 no. And then I need Europe to handle Europe's business. Okay, Europe needs to handle Europe's business. That's y'all's business. There's not a flood of people coming from Canada. You know, then we have to deal with it because it is our neighbor. What, what we keep doing? Like, no, we we have never decided to handle the Negro problem. And the Negro problem is still our problem. And we don't need to keep confusing that people come here don't know what we did and buy into the propaganda. Let's can we handle the Negro problem, please? Until we handle the Negro problem, immigrants come in and then assimilate into the wrong side of the problem. Right. White so it's not their fault. It's not necessarily their fault. They're just reading the lay of the land. But nobody reads the lay of the land and then goes assimilates with the losing side, right? So these people are primed to be a little bit racist in the Ukraine. Then they come here. They look they around. They primed before they get here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talked to an Ethiopian student. She straight up told me, you know, UGA, she straight up told me that on the plane flight over, they had a movie. She was an Ethiopian immigrant. I had a movie that said... Don't integrate, don't talk to the black people who are native there. On the plane flight over. That's how you stay safe. Don't they troublemakers? But you know what troublemaker is? They're troublemakers are freedom fighters. And so yeah, we are troublemakers in the sense that we fight white supremacy in a way that like people are not accustomed to. And that's why you get to be here. But if you don't want to, if you I, I I don't know how you get to like you don't just you shouldn't get to assimilate into anything else. Like the only reason you get to be here is because of our freedom struggle. That's just what it is. How can you? And the propaganda on the plane, that's awful. On the plane over here, they're saying like, these are the people you want to talk to. These are the people you should um, keep your distance from. Don't get confused because they kind of look like you. But make no mistake. <laughs> I don't get confused. If you want to be a real American, yeah. you treat them like trash. You treat them like good. And then you'll be all good. Do well in school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds about and, right, though. And, but like it makes a lot of sense when you see like the behavior of of of, of folks. They were just groomed to uh, become real Americans, and to be a real American and to be grateful to be a real American is to be comfortable treating black people like trash. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I do not want a bunch of Ukrainian immigrants coming here to be real Americans. 
Well, um, I just, I just, I honestly think we need to, America needs to just freeze everything and say, listen, we got to figure this Negro thing out. <laughs> <laughs> like we've done a lot and we just got to figure this out. Figure it out. And, and stop telling me like we need new people, whatever. Yeah, because you locked a bunch of Negroes up. I guess you do. They do. They do the jobs now in jail and don't get no money for it. It's quite, it's quite the come up for y'all. So I, I really think that that's the thing that really needs to happen. Like you can't tell me that we need a bunch of immigrants when, when you lock uh, 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 ADOS people, especially men, up at the rate that you do. Yeah, you took them out of the labor force. Of course, you need whatever, whatever. You know, I, I just, you know, I, and even what you, you even see it with, 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 um, with some white people now who are saying like this, I don't have the money to have kids. It's not about like not wanting to have kids or like just kind of just reduced, you know, whatever, whatever it's with well, they just the birth rate, what a birth rate, because I don't make enough to support like a family. Not in this America, not in this America. So there's this idea that black people should vote Democrat because whatever it is, is better than Republican rule. And in my mind, I think, you know, the South has been under the rule of white supremacists as long as it's been the South, except for a few years in, 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 in Reconstruction. And we kind of got used to it. So there are worse things in the world than a Republican winning. And we just need to well, be honest with that. I mean, if a Republican has to win for us to punish the people who are supposed to be working on our behalf, then that's what has to happen. Like it, it's not it's a, it's a it's about like people learn through people learn through punishment. And people learn through consequences and people that's how you that's unfortunately that's what accountability looks like i wish it could look different i wish there were 12 parties but they're not like we are in a stupid two-party system well if that's the case i have to punish you for 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 me voting for you and you multi-generationally not coming through right there has to be some kind of punishment for that now if the punishment for that hurts me in the sense that i elected a republican who doesn't do something that's good for me, then it's just, it just is what it is. I, I will, I'm willing to take a temporary sacrifice for, 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 in order to inflict pain on you as policy, as, as, as elected officials or want to be elected officials or whatever, to, to help you understand that I am not a captured group anymore, that I don't just vote blue no matter who anymore. Sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit for the long haul. Is there a state in these 50 United States that black people have real power? No. No. Because all the places where we're like strong, strong pluralities and majorities, they're under the rule of the other party, right? So there are a lot of black people in South Carolina. Is there really black power in South Carolina? I mean, just look at, wasn't it Alabama who had, who the mayor decided to use the COVID funds to build more prisons? <laughs> and it's got disappointed. That's what, that's what I, that's why I can't deal with people like move to the South. No, you're just going to congest the roadways because having more numbers doesn't mean more power. That's kind of what the South proves. They do that through laws because they're still the majority, even though there are more of us here. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like there is no place in the very black South where black people have real power. So when people say like, well, I can live in Russia, it's run by a, a single party. I'm like, well, Mississippi much different. <laughs> you think Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> You really have a contest? Is it, is it really going to be a contested election in Mississippi for governor or uh, any of the state legislature? Right or... Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of those elections that you don't want to win. <laughs> Draw too much too much heat. So now, and that's the Voting Rights Act, right there. Like, they 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 do stuff in those counties, like change the voting dates. They really do wild stuff in these places, like and, or, or, or say we're not going to give you the keys. This is these places are wild. 
Yeah, but so I will I'll... argue Northerners. <laughs> <laughs> well, Baltimore. Yeah, so I don't, I really don't, there's no place in the United States where Black people have real public political power at the statewide level. Oh. And I think that's a problem. Um, and what does it mean to actually secure us the power? So, like, there's gonna so the power we need is it has to be at the federal level, which means, like I said, you're gonna have to have federal backing to secure the distribution of this reparations plan at some Absolutely. point in time, and that's going to go across and that's going to tick off, um, you know, the state government, these state because look, the Georgia state legislature is pretty much a clan. Even Stacey Abrams in a, you know, Negro to Negro conversation I've had with her. I've had a few of them. She's like, you know, I'm dealing with pretty much the Klan here in the Georgia. So she, even she told me the Georgia state legislature is pretty much the Klan. And yet we still live knowing that our state government is the Klan. Yeah, but the thing is you can't deal with the Klan how she wants to deal with the Klan. Yeah. Like if they are the Klan, you can't deal with the Klan like just being the nicest and oh, I'm just I'm just folding everybody. That's that's just not how you deal with it. Like I think we have this idea that if we're not confrontational, they won't be confrontational. And that's just not been the history of this country. <laughs> <laughs> or anything about it. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Yvette. Um no, once again, it. if you like her, go ahead and go to her YouTube channel. Just put Yvette Carnell. See the name in the in the, in the title. Right up. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the, in the search bar and, and, and keep an keep an eye out for the rollout for the big Absolutely. rollout. We're going to for a timeline. What are we looking right. at? What kind of timeline are we looking at for the rollout? We're looking at early summer. Early summer. Yep. Possibly a city near you. Yes. And if you want it to be a city near you, if you want an ADOS chapter in your place, they should contact you by. You can contact me at EvetteCarnellAdosFoundation.org. You can just y'all can just y'all know y'all editor at BreakingBrown.com as well. Um, reach out to me um, and let me know. You know we're gonna need at least five people. <laughs> five people. You're gonna be. She'll sponsor your training, but you're gonna have to be trained. Yes. You need five people, and this will you be a due the curriculum. There's a whole curriculum. You gotta pass it all. <laughs> not only, not only do you gotta take it, you gotta pass. Yeah, you can't skip. We get a test at the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is the way you build real power, or at least build like a base for Got power. Because gotcha. right. you don't want the media to put a microphone in your hand and it go the wrong way. Well, that's what happened with a lot of people from Occupy Wall Street to the Tea Party, uh, regardless of whether you agree with their politics, because there was no kind of training. What happens is, is that people just went around putting the phone, uh, uh, people who said they identified with Occupy Wall Street or the Tea Party and putting the microphone in their mouth and they all said a bunch of stupid stuff. And so you have to try, do the best you can to kind of guard against that stuff and let everybody know, hey, build that in. This is who we are. This is what we believe in. And so and we don't believe in that. We believe yep. in this. We don't believe in that. Yep. No, 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 We're no. We're not no. xenophobes. This logic trap. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's the deal. We're not xenophobes. We just think that America needs to handle its business first. Absolutely. A lot of unfinished business in America. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you for your time, people. And I'll see you guys, my show, next week. And thank you, Yvette. Thank you. Appreciate it, Army. You have a good one now.